Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I'm Coulter Nuan is coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Missoula Broadcasting, locally owned and operated for more than 15 years, and happy to say so. If you missed anything, in the first hour of the show, tons of prep football talk. Gave you five fun facts about high school football. Also heard from Bozeman high head coach Levi Weshi and Galton high head coach Hunter Chandler previewing their team's uh, matchups. Uh, crosstown matchup, that is. It also happens to be a clash between number one and number two in the state of Montana. We also heard from Scott Potter, who's the uh, tennis director over there at the Peak Health and Wellness Center. And uh, on behalf of the Watson Children's Shelter Tennis Pro-Am that's coming up the first week of October. And they also had uh, Pete Hamill in studio for Vertical Rays. Our Vertical Rays Class AA Player of the Week. And it was actually our Class AA Players of the Week. Two Players of the Week, Co-Player of the Week uh, this week. You find all of that on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. It's it's amazing to me how many people, first of all, just listen to this show, period, and then how even though Missoula has grown so much and is is so populous now and is certainly a small city, I still see and hear from so many of you guys, which is cool. I enjoy it. So uh, uh, out and about, making the rounds the other day, went saw my good buddy Mike over there at Red's Bar. And uh, Red's had so much cool memorabilia and, and sports uh, collectibles type stuff, old school sports stuff, on display upstairs. But downstairs is like a museum. It's awesome. <laughs> So I go down there and talking to Mike, and uh, he, he's, he says, hey, check this out. And this is a Montana sports magazine from 1968. They were selling these things for 50 cents. The ads are almost as funny as the content, but the content is sweet. So I was going through this and uh, just loving it. Like, for example, they have just a table here with all the state championship results in high school football in AA and A from 1911 to 1963. They also have the all-time all-state selections here. <laughs> and it's not even broken out by position or anything. It's just here's the guys uh, that, that are on the squad. You know, uh, this is uh, – I don't know if this has any regionality. I was trying to look through it. I don't know if this is from one different part of Montana or if this is representative of all of Montana. But just a, a, a cool – Relic. I also was wondering just about some of the things that they are advertising in here. Like, what happened to them? What were they like? Were they good? Were they cool? I mean, there's like some pizza places in here. There's uh, the Hi-Hat Drive-In on First Avenue North. Uh, It's just funny. Cool to see. Um, Just all the, the old school history. But the one thing that really caught my eye was this article about the Big 32. So those that don't remember this, back in the day, there used to be a, a Big 32 basketball tournament. And there'd be a Division One or Division Two level. But the Division One level would be all the best high school basketball teams in the state, and classification didn't matter. So you could see, like, how would... You know, these run-and-gun Class B teams from some of the Indian reservations match up with some of the, you know, the powerhouses from the high line or, you know, 
Anaconda's had so many great teams. There's been so many great teams in Missoula, particularly at Hellgate and Sentinel too. It would just be so fun if, if this was, would be revived. So uh, thanks for this relic, Mike, and uh, stay tuned. Maybe some stuff coming up uh, with Red's Bar uh, in the not-too-distant uh, future. Big Sky Conference play opens this weekend. Montana State, they're at Weber State. That's a matchup between the third-ranked Bobcats and the 10th-ranked Wildcats. The Grizz are on the road at Northern Arizona in Flagstaff. And then the other big-time game in the league, another top-10 matchup, number four, Sac State, plays at number seven, Idaho. So uh, also a uh, another top-10 type of showdown. We're going to get to uh, some thoughts from both Brent Vegan about Weber State and Bobby Houck on Northern Arizona. But Andrew uh, Andrew Houghton chiming in here on Nuana is now our producer as well as a, a contributing writer at SkylineSportsMT.com. The Sac State-Idaho game is a big one. And I, we sort of pinned the, it as a matchup to watch pretty early on. Uh, but now, given the fact that both these schools have beat FBS teams in the last couple weeks, Idaho running past Nevada and uh, Sac State beating Stanford at the farm last week, I mean, probably the biggest FBS or FCS over FBS victory of the young season. And uh, this matchup is even more juice behind it. So uh, I know you're you're making your way that way. So, I mean, what do you think? This is, uh, yeah, I, some people were really on the, Idaho's got a lot of hype right now. There was a lot of people that were telling me last week, oh, Idaho's going to go smash Cal too. And I was like, man, coming off an FBS win, playing at Cal, I don't think Idaho's going to go smash Cal. I think they could compete with Cal. They're not going to go smash him, though. And, of course, Cal pulled away after trailing at halftime uh, for a 31-17 win. But either way, uh, the Vandals were exactly where you thought they would be or at least hoped they'd be if you thought they were a real big sky contender. And Sac State has even exceeded expectations and uh, vaulted their way all the way in the top four of the national poll. So this is a, this is a big conference opener there in Moscow on uh, Saturday. It's a huge game. That's why I want to go over there for it. I mean, I love this kind of game because I think, you know, you talked about it a little bit. Both of these programs are at the same spot. I mean, they really want to break into, and Sac State's been there a little bit in the last couple of years, but they've never really maintained it because they haven't won playoff games. They want to break into the top four, top five in the country. I mean, these teams both want to be programs that are are making it to the quarterfinals and generally making it to the semifinals every year. So they're in the same spot. They're playing for the same thing. They're playing for national prestige. Only one of them's going to get it. Only one of them's going to get this big top ten win on Saturday. Huge game. Also, Idaho's first home game of the season. Uh, All of those Vandals fans have been waiting since last December to see their team play again. They've had all this hype building up in the preseason, all this hype coming into the season. Saturday's the first time they're going to actually get to see it, so I think that'll be a great part of it as well, and uh, we're sort of waiting for a bunch of answers about these teams too, because you go and beat an FBS team, that's great. What can you do against the teams that are going to define your season? Well, That's the other part about this is Idaho rolled Nevada, right? Smoked them. Sac State's better than Nevada. Absolutely. Sac State would also smoke Nevada. They would also be, <laughs> yes. Exactly like they beat I mean, Colorado State last year. Half the reason Nevada, I actually have never thought of this till this exact moment. Half the reason that Sac State is good and Nevada isn't anymore is because Sac State started getting a bunch of guys that used to go to Nevada. They recruit that area. If you're not familiar with it, Sacramento's only what? Like, probably two and a half hours from, from Reno. It's certainly close. Uh, so certainly I think that they're, uh, I think Sac State's beaten Nevada on a lot of kids that maybe Nevada used to pull out of the Sacramento area. That's really interesting, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people were assuming that Idaho was going to take the next step up to the pedestal this year. And part of that assumption came with the assumption that Sac State and Weber State were both going to take a little bit of a step down this year in right. the first years with the new head coach. So you've got Sac State saying, well, hang on. No, we're going to be even better than we were under Troy Taylor. We're going to go beat Troy Taylor, and then we're going to come in here and beat everybody's new darling of the Big Sky Conference, which has been Sacramento State each of the last three years. The uh, emergent star in this whole thing, Idaho came into the season with such star power. 
And I, I think that everybody that is a quote-unquote star for the Vandals has been as advertised. Giovanni McCoy, the quarterback, has been great. Hayden Hatton, the, the big wide receiver, has been otherworldly. Uh, the, the return of Therese Trainer has been big for the Vandals' offense. Anthony Woods is looking like a guy, if he keeps developing, could be an NFL-type guy. So all Idaho's guys have been added as advertised. Sac State, Andrew properly predicted that Marcus Fulcher would be a more than adequate replacement for Cameron Scadaboo at the running back spot for Sac State. Sac State also has one of the most veteran and uh, just purely big offensive lines in the West, really, but particularly in the Big Sky Conference. But the emergent star in this whole thing has been Caden Bennett. I think people were wondering what he was or if they were going to try to do a dual quarterback system with Bennett and Carson Camp. They did roll with two quarterbacks in their season opening win over Nichols, but since Bennett took over as pretty much the primary and almost exclusive guy there under center for the Hornets, the offense has looked almost as good as it was the last couple years as well. So if you got a defensive-oriented head coach that's got the uh, defense plan at a high level, which right now it seems like they have made strides defensively from a year ago, and the offense can be even close to comparable to what it was uh, the last few years, then uh, Sac State's certainly going to be a team to be reckoned with. Montana opens their season, uh, their conference season, that is, at Northern Arizona. Now, I know, Andrew, it's so, such low-hanging fruit, but I, 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 I so often just gravitate back toward this omnipresent conversation about quarterbacks. Giovanni McCoy is one of the main reasons why Idaho is one of the, the favorites in the conference uh, title race. Caden Bennett, like I just said, has been the emergent star so far of, of the offense of all the Big Sky Conference's teams. The Vespera kid at Eastern Washington played really well last week, and they beat a playoff team in southeastern Louisiana. The quarterback drives the car at so many of these Big Sky Conference schools and, I mean, even at Weber State, Colin Weiser has been pretty darn good stepping in for Bronson Barron. Then you look at this matchup in Flagstaff, and Montana has has had a lack of continuity or rhythm when it comes to the quarterback position. Northern Arizona brought in a Cal transfer. He's been in and out of the lineup. They've been doing a two-quarterback thing. I think part of it's been because of health. Part of it's just been because of procedure. But it's been just interesting. Montana is 3-0 despite shaky quarterback play. NAU is 0-3 because, uh, at least in part, lacking any sort of production out of the quarterback position. So, I don't know, I guess the uh, the line on the sand is just, it's more clear than ever, at least to me, how important a quarterback or multiple quarterbacks can be to, to winning success for Big State Conference teams. Well, and that's what's been really the most disappointing thing about Chris Ball's tenure at Northern Arizona because they right. never really had that guy aside from the hot run that R.J. Martinez right. went on, and he was the guy I mean, for he a beats, long... He beats Arizona in his third start, his first start ever in the third game of that freshman season for himself. And then the rest of that season, you could see it. He was really good. He was, And he had everybody in the league scared. They were all like, well, look at this kid at NAU. Everybody in the league was high on NAU coming out of that year. They went 5-6 and six that year, but they have a freshman quarterback coming back for his sophomore year. Everybody was high on NAU. Then they did Squadoosh last year he at R.J. Martinez Lee. He all last yeah. year, and then he left. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy that they had they had the guy that could have been the king of the league. Like it, He could have been the guy we were talking about in this the same vein with McCoy and uh, maybe Bennett. And I mean, as a Marat. prospect, I thought he was better than both of those oh, guys. That's the other part about this is he's, in terms of as a prospect, he's way better than those guys. I mean, there's a reason he transferred to Baylor. I mean, he's he's an FBS quality uh, type of guy. So uh, that's pretty elusive. A little later on this week, we're going to be joined by Mitch Stroman, uh, favorite of the show, voice of the uh, Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. Well, I just got to ask him, what have been the the, the biggest obstacles of building it? To me, there's to me Northern Arizona is the biggest disconnect in the Big Sky Conference. When you look at the teams right now that have losing records or are still searching for their first wins that are Big Sky Conference teams coming into league play, I can fully understand why there's struggles at those schools. Uh, Idaho State has lacked uh, tradition and success for a really long time, and Pocatello is also a, pl- a place that, quite frankly, is hard to recruit to. Portland State, a-, a lack of identity, nowhere to 
play their home games. Northern Colorado, they've they've done so much to become Division One in pretty much all the other sports, but their their football just seems to still be lacking the resources and the necessary uh, sort of boosts that you need to be any sort of competitive in the Big Sky Conference. But then you look at Northern Arizona, and Flagstaff's a sweet town. It's in a great area. It's a fertile recruiting area because you can get kids from Southern California, you can get kids from Utah, you can get kids from Arizona. That's a huge population base to recruit from. You think you can get guys to go to Flagstaff. They do have some tradition. I mean, Northern Arizona's never been like a true national powerhouse, but they were a very respectable Big Sky Conference team for most of the time when Jerome Sowers was there. Coach Sowers was there for 20-plus years, and uh, I I think he made the playoffs four or five times, won the Big Sky Conference title twice, had multiple award winners, you know, whether it was – National award winners like Case Cookus winning the Jerry Rice Award, uh, I think in 2015. Or, you know, I mean, Zach Bauman's the only running back in Big Sky history with four straight 1,000-yard seasons. They had some great, great players. Emmanuel Butler was an unforgettable player there at NAU, a wide receiver. They put guys in the NFL. But since Chris Ball came to Northern Arizona, okay, year one, year two, you give them a little leeway. You know, a, a guy a, taking over for a guy that's been there for 22 years, it's no easy task. But then you get it rolling a little bit, you have this core to build around, and then it, it all goes away. And, and now here they are sort of struggling to find roster continuity. They got 30-plus FBS transfers on their roster, Northern Arizona does. And it's all resulted in a very disappointing start. They they started the season losing 38-3 to to Arizona. okay. There's no harm done there. I mean, it's just losing to an in-state Pac-12. It's fine. Then they lost to North Dakota. North Dakota looks like a pretty good team that's got a pretty good offense right now. Okay, so still, you know, you're disappointed if you're NAU to be 0-2, but it's not necessarily sound the alarm. And then last week, they turned the ball over six times, and they were down 37-7 to at halftime to Utah Tech. They end up losing that game 50-36. to That's a bad loss. I mean, that Utah Tech team played in Bozeman week one and then hosted the Grizz week two in St. George, Utah. They didn't look close to a Big Sky Conference level team. And they just blew out Northern Arizona. So, I don't know, it's very perplexing to me that NAU struggled like they had. Let's hear from Bobby Houck on the Lumberjacks. Here's our first look presented by Town Pump. Town Pump, Roll the Wild by the Mile is back. Town Pump will be sending us to Ogden, Utah on uh, Saturday morning, I guess, because it's a Saturday evening game. I'm meeting at the town pump in Rocker, actually. So we'll be hitting one of my favorite town pumps on the way down, and we'll also give you an opportunity to win some town pump uh, gift cards a little later on this week as well. Here's Bobby Houck on Northern Arizona. Obviously, we start conference play this week on the road at NAU. It's a great place to play. Um, I've always enjoyed playing in the walk-up Sky Dome. Um, there's a clean slate for both teams. You know, we're both 0-0 zero zero, uh, in conference play. Uh, we're just kind of getting into our preparation for them, but uh, Coach Ball does a great job. They're well coached. They've got good players. Um, they'll, be a, they'll be a test. So, um, Preparation for playing these conference teams that you have a lot of history with compared to these non-conference games that you have almost no history with. There's not really a difference in preparation, but you do have some <clears throat> historical background and some institutional knowledge on them, you know, and um, oftentimes it's coaches on staff that you've coached against either there or other places, so you have some background with them, uh, which is the case in uh, with NAU. And last week was, was, uh, was quite odd that way, really not having any gauge, any common opponents, any history. It was a... Uh, that, that's more difficult, I think, because, you, you know, you can't get a personnel evaluation. Um, you really don't know how they're going to look. I mean, I've never seen so many big bodies on a sideline when they walked out there. They're big. Bobby, NAU uh, lost a, a great quarterback to the portal this last year, uh, but they brought in another guy, uh, an FBS guy as well. So does the offense look different uh, with a new guy at the helm? Uh, well, no, not really. I mean, they're... they're uh, some of the things they're emphasizing, you know, run game, pass game are maybe a little different, but that's, I don't think that's quarterback based. I think that's just football. 
Um, so they're they're uh, pretty comprehensive on their in their run game. Um, they're playing a lot of different people at the running back spots. Uh, you know, I don't. They've got a real extensive screen game, which has got our attention, and they're they're good at it, and they call it a lot. So, you know, all those things go into it. But I don't I don't think that. Uh, I mean, everybody runs the same thing, <laughs> so it's not a wholesale change. You know, they run our plays, we run their plays. Ferris State runs our plays, we run their plays. Alabama runs our plays, and we try to run their plays. So everybody runs the same stuff. It seems like they have a lot of speed at wide receiver, though, and like they like to use them vertically and horizontally. So what sort of challenge is that for a defense? They have the two receivers that were, you know, preseason all-big sky guys, um, very highly regarded. I think they've got good speed. Um, I think they're good players. You've, you've coached at the walk-up Skydome plenty of times, both uh, as an NAU yeah, coach, but also, <laughs> also as a, you know, Montana's coach. What what makes that venue unique? It seems like there's this sort of a, a different feel to it when you go there. Well, it's, it's really a cool building. You know, it's like one of the largest all-wood structures in the world. And, you know, it just, it's 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 loud in there. And it's just, I just think it's a neat place to play. And NAU's always good. We've had we've actually played really well down there over the years, so it's always it's always a good game, and it's just kind of a fun place to go. Does elevation play a factor? I mean, do, do, is that something that uh, you, you prepare for? Well, it, you know, it's it's over seven thousand feet there, but it's not like we're coming from sea level or something here. I mean, this is a mountain town too, I guess. So uh, I don't think so much. This is something that I have battled with in terms of finding clarity 7200 feet above sea level is is what Flagstaff Northern Arizona's campus in Flagstaff is at I do think that performing athletically at high elevation is certainly a, a very real thing but I've heard from multiple people like in the medical world that acclimation to altitude actually doesn't start to set in until 48 to 72 hours after you've been in this environment. So if you're just in and out, does it actually affect you? I'm not I'm not sure. I wish I could get more clarity on it. But I don't want to talk any more about it in uh, in fear of sounding uh, uneducated. A couple of the crazier uh, more weird and more different games that we've covered the last couple of years at Skyline Sports have involved Montana State and Weber State. There's the game pretty much devoid of all offense in Ogden in 2021 when the Cats went down to Ogden and won 13-7. Their defense just completely balled out, played so well. And Weaver's defense played well as well. And I thought the Cats were going to kill Isaiah Fonse in this game, not because he'd made any mistakes, but because they were just riding him. I mean... Their stud running back, he was just getting inside zone after inside zone after inside zone. That's before they changed up their scheme and started running more outside zone. But Afonso took a beating in that game, but the Cats ended up pulling away. And that was the first time in recent memory they had won down in Ogden. Well, then last year when the Wildcats came to Bozeman, whoa. Grant Sands had one of the most tragic afternoons I've ever seen for an individual. It was actually, honestly, really, really hard to watch. Weber State's long snapper, he got what what's like akin to the yips in golf. He couldn't snap the ball. I mean, he was airmailing it out of the back of the end zone. Four safeties is what this resulted in. It also turned the special teams battle on its head. Not only did the four snaps out of the back of the end zone occur, you also saw Weber house a kick and a punt for a touchdown in the same quarter the Cats also had a special teams touchdown in the first half. The Cats also forced a fumble on a special teams play that their long stabber, Tommy Sullivan, recovered. And back and forth, back and forth we go until Montana State finally emerges from a 43-38 victory uh, over the Wildcats. This year's Wildcat team coming off of a yet another playoff appearance a year ago. They got a first-year head coach in Mickey Mental, but they look pretty similar to what Brent Vegan remembers of Weber. Here's Montana State's head coach. Our first look presented by Town Pump. Bobcats playing at Weber State on Saturday night. 
talking about Weaver State, um, also two and one. Um, obviously, had a tough matchup with Utah, who's an excellent program. This past Saturday, um, came up on the short short side, but won their two previous games, including a ranked win over Northern Iowa on the road. Um, obviously, we've played Weaver State um, three times in the last two years, and they've all been. Uh, you know, kind of down to the wire games in different forms. I know the their low scoring game in Ogden two years ago was really a defensive struggle, while last year's games were both higher scoring. The first game, of course, had all the special teams plays. Um, and the playoff game, we opened up a pretty good lead, and they came back to uh, to make it very interesting at the end. So two teams, I think, that know each other uh, fairly well. You know, the departure of uh, of Coach Hill this past offseason was certainly, certainly a change for their program, but uh, they hired from within our Coach Mental and, you know, the, the staff by and large is very similar. So, you know, they're playing a, a similar brand of football, which I do think their offense and defense really complemented one another. And they've, uh, they've been a program within our league that's done more um, or as much on special teams as anyone. And, and, you know, I might as well start there, you know, they're, their kickoff return specialist, Abraham Williams, has uh, been f- nothing short of phenomenal with five touchdowns uh, in, the, in the past two seasons, including one against us. Um, you know, so he's certainly a guy. Now he's playing uh, corner as well more regularly that, you know, we'll have to have a game plan for. Um, you know, looking at them on offense, uh, you know, quarterback-wise, uh, Weisner, I think um, – or wiser, I should say, has uh, has had some real good moments at this point. Um, you know, throws the ball well down the field. Is athletic enough to make plays. Uh, but their biggest offensive uh, force this year has been Bankston at running back. You know, he leads he leads our uh, conference in rushing through the non-conference. Uh, is averaging like seven point one or seven point five yards per attempt. Um, so he's obviously, you know, he was part of a, a group of uh, three running backs they played last year. And, you know, he's, he's certainly, uh, you know, a prime weapon for them on offense, uh, running behind an offensive line that's experienced, that's big, that's strong. Um, and I'm sure that they would say is the, you know, where it starts for them on the offensive side. Defensively, uh, the preseason, all big or preseason big sky MVP in Winston Reed. Is certainly a force at middle linebacker. Um, he leads the league in tackles right now. Felt like last year um, he was right there as far as being the best player to, on the defensive side in our league, and he's picked up right where he left off. They're, they're really attacking with him more, so I think he also leads the league in TFLs at this point as well. Um, he's blitzing probably more, a little bit more than he did last year, but really has a nose for the football, can see it, can go get it. And, um, you know, is someone that will – We'll have, uh, have to have our eyes on where he's at every every single play. I know in the secondary, which was really a strength there last year, they had a bunch of turnover, but they do return Maxwell Anderson, who, who last year led the league and passes defended and continues to to do that as, as we head into this early part of the season at the corner position. Um, then up front, uh, a little retooled front, but uh, they're led by – that's right, Braden Wilson, number 94, who secondly is second on their team in tackles. That doesn't happen a lot from a defensive line perspective in second TFL. So, you know, feel like uh, they have really good personnel. Uh, they play the game the right way. They're, they're, they're physical. They, they have big, big play capability. They, they try to make a difference in the special teams. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll definitely have our hands full come Saturday night. Could be a good one in Ogden on Saturday night. Storm is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app, more Big Sky Conference football talk, plus our Grizz Star of the Week, presented by Ryan and Miller Law, Braxton Hill, Anaconda's Finest will join us before the rest of the show is over. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? 
Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. I can keep up with the new like R&B, though. This, I love this guy. My sister-in-law turned me on to him, Miguel. So funny. She lets her kids listen to all this new music and just old music, too. I mean, I, that song's like over a decade old. Uh, I don't know if that's new music. Okay, but... I'm always thinking about this when it comes to this kind of stuff that's less less than 15 years old is new. I don't think it is. <laughs> Regardless, I mean, if you're just saying, I mean, if your dividing point was like the millennium, and you're thinking sure. that the 90s is classic, and everything after that is new, yeah, like you should probably update your viewpoints. Well, that's true. I, I guess here's this is actually a good conversation. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Here's actually like. My ADBC here is before and after the proliferation of digital music. Like okay. Na- Napster came along in the late 90s, but it wasn't like it is now where you could just stream it. Like you were having to pirate music and like waste your 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 database on downloading these songs that then potentially could get you in trouble for like stealing people's music. Since the ability to drop mixtapes and just drop so much music all at once that that's changed the music industry forever because so, the concept of singles the concept of albums those are just totally different now so i sort of think of it like that i mean the the, the apple music and spotify world that that's you know probably what uh, conservatively 12 to 14 years yeah that's sort of how i look at it so miguel is in the new age because that's come out during the spotify era pretty much okay here's my i get what you're saying I don't think a lot of people think about it that way. Well, right. I think a, a lot, lot of people pe- don't think about most of the things I think about in my weird way of thinking about stuff. I'm just saying I think <laughs> a lot of people think about where they were in their life. Like no, that song true. came that's out true. when I was like just starting high school. See, that song is old. That's another good point. You will learn this, young son. You're not old enough yet. It's gonna it all starts to blur together. <laughs> like, how old are you? Twenty seven? 29. 29, yes. You're you're into the beginning parts of the blur. Okay. Eight years from now, then you're going to look back and think, man, that everything in that eight years was pretty much all the same. Because it's not so much formative age. Like, you're a grown person now, so... It's not formative age. I don't think it's going to be that way for me just because I've moved so much. No, that's true. Right? If in I'm a lot moving of areas, every two or three years, I still have you, those yes, demarcations th- in my life. That's true. And I, totally but I get what you're saying. And I understand what you're saying, too. I mean... The stuff that you listen to when you're in middle school and high school, first of all, you just have so much more time when you're a kid. So, And you just absorb so much of it. So you, you totally like remember exactly when that came out. So, I mean, for me, that came out when I was like in my late 20s. That's all the same as now that I'm in my mid-30s. Honest <laughs> now, ESPN Radio, uh, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Got to a lot of our Treasure State stars, but we didn't get to some of them as well. So quickly... Let's finish up our Treasure State Stars, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Matthew Rickman and Kyla Christopher Moody, each Montana State cross-country runners. They were the men's and women's, respectively. Big Sky uh, Cross-Country Athletes of the Week this last week. That's the first time uh, a duo has swept the award for the on the men's and women's sides uh, since the Bobcat duo of Ben Perrin and Camilla Noe did it last October. Rickman, who's a 2022 All-American, he won the men's 8K this past Friday at the Montana Invitational. His time, 24 minutes, 4.69 seconds. That's his second straight victory on this young season. Christopher Moody, uh, who's a graduate transfer from Colorado, she won the women's 5K, uh, crossing the line in 17 minutes, 8.57 seconds, 24 seconds faster than uh, her 
closest competitor. So dominant performances by a couple of Montana State cross-country runners. Another Church State star for the week, Anders Thompson. He's a wrestler at Flathead High School. He's headed to Wyoming. He has been really, really good throughout his high school career. He's going to wrestle uh, at the 184-pound division in college, which is one of the toughest divisions. So he is uh, a really, really exceptional wrestler. Uh, another Treasure State star, Grizz goalkeeper Ashlyn Dvorak. She's from Billings, went to West High School. She was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Week this week for the second time. She had two shutouts. I mean, Andrew, elaborate on this one a little bit for us. I mean, her her statistics so far are pretty ridiculous, especially considering the, the quality of non-conference opponents that the Grizz have played so far. Really, really good. And what I think was great about what she did this week is she had a really bad error in, I think, their Georgia Southern game last weekend, um, which was, uh, you know, she let a ball go through her hands. She let a shot go through her hands. That was the only goal of the game. Uh, it's the sort of thing that can really screw with a young, particularly goalkeeper, because it's such a, a a mental position. Yeah. Um, but they came back this week. Uh, two more shutouts for her. They they had ten games in the non-conference. I think she had shutouts in six of them. Uh, so we've heard Chris Chitavisky talk really highly about her on this program on our our Grizz Soccer segment. Um, I think she's developing really well, but you never know how somebody's going to respond to the mistake sure. until they actually get a chance to make the mistake. Uh, so just a little uh, teaser, too. We'll have Grizz goalkeeping coach Jay Landham in here on Thursday for a soccer and snow and smoke. So we'll hear a little bit more about what Ashlyn Dvorak is doing at some point, probably next week when that gets released. Well, I can't wait to listen to that because the uh, the now string of goalkeepers that the Grizz have had in these last handful of years have been, it's been absurd. I mean, they had... Claire Howard, who's at the time of the end of her career, I'd say the greatest goalkeeper in Big Sky Conference history, at least one of. Camilla Zoo came around, and she was almost as good. And uh, then she transferred to Minnesota, and Ashlyn Dvorak has slid right in and, and been elite as well. A couple more Treasure State stars from the high school football level. How about McKay Shoby? Threw a pair of touchdowns and ran for a third as the Ferris, uh, Fergus County, excuse me, uh, Golden Eagles Beat Lockwood 31-7. That's Lockwood's first loss of the year. Whitefish Columbia Falls was an instant classic. And uh, Carson Gullick hit Mason Kelts for a 10-yard touchdown in overtime to give Whitefish a 20-14 win. So big win for the Bulldogs. We mentioned Valley Christian off the top. Valley Christian, a private school here in Missoula. They're playing Class C eight-man football right now. Daniel Stoltzfus. He threw two touchdowns and ran in two more uh, as Valley Christian beat Superior 38-26. And uh, the Eagles, they rallied for the final 22 points of the game to pull away from Superior. So Valley Christian climbing up the eight-man poles. And then one more eight-man for you. Weebo beat Circle 30-28. Wyatt Ree rushed for three scores. And Will Ree ran for another two scores as the Longhorns uh, earn the triumph over Circle 30-28. to 28. So there you go. Some small school action for you here uh, on Nuanas Now. Part of our Treasure State Stars presented by Parkside Credit Union. Braxton Hill's got himself a heck of a story. He's a basketball star who was also a good football player but didn't know what his college future was going to hold. He had an injury his senior year of high school. Ended up gray-shirting before he arrived at the University of Montana. And here he is a handful of years later. He's a captain for the Grizz. He's coming off one of his best games uh, as a Grizz football player on Saturday night against Ferris State. He had 15 tackles and two sacks. He's our Grizz Star of the Week. He'll join us right on the other side. But before we take a break, got to give a shout-out to Shine Auto Detailing. They were just awarded the best detail shop in Missoula again. It's no surprise. They've got 220 Five-star reviews, that's more than any other detail shop combined. Shine Auto Detailing, celebrating by giving the next three callers a free $50 gift card. Don't call us, though. Call them, 406-207-3599. That's 207-3599 to get your $50 gift card. Shine Auto Detailing. Call now. Braxton Hill, next, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. I've been looking forward to this all summer, and I I truly can't wait. It actually snuck up on me because we've just been so crazy busy around here. But the County Crows are in Missoula tonight, and uh, 
I just can't wait to see them. I can't believe they're coming to Missoula. It, it truly blows my mind. The first time Incubus came, it blew my mind, and then we it, the crowd showed out so much I wasn't surprised when they came back a second time. It truly blows my mind. Counting Crows is going to be here uh, in Missoula tonight, so it should be a fun one out there at the Kettle House. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Missed anything in this Tuesday show. Tons and tons of high school football talk for you. Hunter Chandler and Levi Weshi of Bozeman Gallatin and Bozeman High School respectively joined us to break down that Crosstown matchup coming up on Friday. Had our Treasure State Stars and our Vertical Rays Player of the Week. We talked to Big Sky Conference football, give you a preview of the Sac State-Idaho game, some thoughts on Montana and Northern Arizona, some thoughts on Montana State-Weber State, and uh, also just talked our way around the world of eight-man football as well. You can find it all in the Nuanas Now podcast. Probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. We are awaiting uh, Braxton Hill, senior linebacker, captain for the Grizz football team, our Grizz Star of the Week. So hopefully we can get that in. Maybe uh, might have to try again tomorrow. We'll see if we can get him here uh, before our time is up. But in the meantime, let's start getting some people entered in to the Fight Fusion event uh, down there at the Adams Center on Friday night. We got a whole bunch of tickets for you this week. So text us right now, 406-888-1029. Any and all texts will get you entered to win a pair of tickets to the uh, MMA event down at the Adams Center uh, on Friday night. So we'll be giving you opportunities to win today, tomorrow, and Thursday. Text us right now. Any and all texts will get you entered, 406 888 one zero two nine. That's triple eight one zero two nine. Was really um, breaking down from a personnel perspective. The Grizz game. Uh, I watched it again. I've watched it a couple times now. First of all, I was just so captivated by the size, speed, athleticism of Ferris State. But then I also wanted to just evaluate some of the Grizz personnel, and I know that there's a lot of. Uh, question marks about the Grizz still because it took them a little while to finish the deal against Butler in their opener. They certainly looked decisive. So very vanilla in, in a big win at Utah Tech. And then last week they had their hands full with the two-time defending Division II champs from Ferris State. And uh, I really think, though, that there's some parts of the Grizz that I think I, I can comfortably say are good. I think their linebacker play right now has been really, really good. And uh, I thought that particularly on Saturday night with Riley Wilson out, I thought Braxton Hill, Levi Janicaro both played uh, outstanding games, and you could just tell they were feeding off the crowd. It sounds like uh, we have our Grizz Star of the Week. Our Grizz Star of the Week presented by Ryan and Miller Lott. Ryan and Miller Lott, your Montana attorneys. It's Braxton Hill from Anaconda, Montana. Braxton Thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Well, first and foremost, I got to ask you not necessarily about your statistical performance on Saturday night, but about what it felt like to be in that game. Watching you and watching the film back, it seemed like you were living in a different world in that game and just loving every moment of the blackout under the Washington Grizzly Stadium lights. So just take us through it, man. I mean, how much fun was that playing in that game on Saturday night? Oh, it was a blast, man. I mean, looking back at all the games I've played in Washington Grizzly Stadium, that's definitely up there for the best. And, uh, you know, before the game, um, Coach Houck, he, he talked about uh, to our whole entire team, you know, just being uh, um, thankful and uh, understanding that we don't have a ton of opportunities left as seniors in Washington Grizzly Stadium. And, I mean, I was just fired up to, you know, go out there and play. You know, I got my family, a bunch of friends were in town, and, you know, blackout game, Sean O'Malley. Sweet jerseys. I mean, it was electric in there, man. It was so fun to watch, and uh, so fun to watch you guys play. Sean O'Malley, that was one of the stories of the game. And 35, I know uh, it's <laughs> it's because he's the 135-pound world champion in the UFC, uh, but a little love there from the champ. That's pretty cool that you guys had the same jersey on, at least for a night. Yeah, no, it was sweet. Um, it was funny. In, in the third quarter, I'm I'm on the, the bench next to Levi, and I'm I'm trying to – Ask him about a coverage. He's like, dude, he's wearing thirty five. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you gotta push, you gotta push to the boundary. But no, it, it was it was cool. 
<laughs> it was sweet. I mean, obviously, like like you said, he was wearing it because he's in the 135 weight class. But, uh, I mean, if people want to believe that he was wearing it because of me, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> hey, for sure. No doubt about it. Braxton Hill joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. It's our Grizz Star of the Week. Um, give us your, your, your evaluation going into Big Sky Conference play. I know you guys prepare the same faceless opponent every week, but um, – what do you think of just entering conference play and and now you know starting the pursuit of, of one of your guys' primary goals? Yeah, you know, um, I think we're um, happy to be three and zero for sure. And like you said, I mean, we're, our approach isn't going to change. Get um, one week at a time, and you know, we got NAU in our gun sights right now. And um, you know, whether it's big sky conference play or uh, um, you know games against non conference opponents, we're just going to take it week week by week and try to go one and zero. So looking forward to the upcoming game Saturday. Well, uh, one thing I noticed just watching some NAU stuff, especially when they have the ball offensively, they love to use the screen game. They love to stretch you vertically, but also stretch you horizontally as well. So how does that impact just your responsibilities as a linebacker going into this matchup? Yeah, you know, it's huge. Um, You know, definitely they try to get uh, your eyes all over the place. So, you know, as linebackers and secondary, we're going to have to be disciplined within our keys and um, we're just going to have to continue to do that throughout the entire game, you know, whether we're tired or not. So um, that'll definitely be a challenge. But, uh, you know, just keep keep prepping and keep learning those different cues that will help us out during, during the game. You mentioned just Coach Houck saying that, uh, you know, just reminding you guys to sort of enjoy the moment, right? And it seems yeah. like that's something that's really shared with, with you and a couple other of your classmates uh, that have been you know around this Montana football program for so long now. How important is that to you, though, this sort of being in this moment and soaking it all in and, and uh, just sort of absorbing here this la- your senior year for the Grizz? Oh, I mean, it's the most important thing to me in the world right now, you know, just uh, um, trying to go 1-0 and every week. And, you know, I'd say the senior class were really tight. I mean, I've lived with um, a handful of the guys uh, for four or five years and, you know, just knowing that, you know, come come December, January, whenever the season's over, I mean, we're going to – we're going to part ways and we won't be together anymore. So, you know, just, just playing for each other, understanding that uh, we get to play in a, an amazing place every single Saturday, um, or I guess if we're home. But, you know, just understanding that. And, like, we talk, we talk to the guys who um, have left, you know, guys who graduated, and they, they tell us, they, they just soak it in, man. When you're, when you're done, you, you miss it so much. So every chance we get, we're just soaking it in. Well, you guys, your senior class has some pretty cool stories, and the linebacker group particularly is just a, an awesome collection of guys that have just persevered through so much. I mean, yourself and the injuries you had in high school, and then you know coming to Montana and gray shirt and working your way up. I mean, Levi Janet Carroll didn't really even have a position, and now he's an all big sky type guy there at linebacker. And you know, Flink, same thing. Tyler Flink was a fullback in high school, and, and now he's a an impactful linebacker at the Big Sky Conference level. So. Um, I mean, just being around guys that have sort of had similar mindsets, similar sort of growth mindsets, how much has that influenced you both as a player and a person? Oh, yeah, it's it's influenced me a ton. I mean, those are my dudes right there, Tyler and Levi. And um, like you said, you know, we're we're definitely like-minded. I feel like um, coming in, we kind of came from similar backgrounds. I mean, Coach Johnson was their high school coach. He's from Anaconda. For sure. He, he, he preached to them, you know, just um, being tough, playing physical, and, uh, you know, coming from Anaconda, that was kind of my motto coming in. And that's Coach Houck's motto, and I think um, kind of just fit well. And, you know, like like I said earlier, we live together, me, Levi, and um, Flink. And, yeah, you know, we're, we're close as can be, and we're all, we're all just hardworking, and we're, we're uh, grizz or die, man. The, the place you come from, too, I mean, there's a, gr- a lot of great small towns in Montana, and there's so many small towns that love to support the guys that come out of there. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a town that supports their athletes like Anaconda. Anaconda is a special place. They love sports in Anaconda. And you've gotten this sort of rare opportunity. I know your sister got a similar one as well, playing for the Lady Grizz. But this rare opportunity to represent Anaconda on sort of a statewide level. So, I mean, what have you thought of that part of your experience and how much pride do you take? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Take I take a ton of pride in, um, you know, being from Anaconda. And uh, like you said, you know, my sister um, – she came first and, you know, she had a ton of support from there and, you know, Anaconda is a, it's a great place. Every time I go back, um, you know, I bring buddies, we go golf at old works or we just go back and hunt and fish. And every, every time we're walking in a restaurant, 
anything like that. There's always people saying, hey, we love watching you guys and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it's special, and um, I'm thankful to that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just an awesome deal. Well, last thing for you then, um, you believe are the key factors for you guys to, to fulfill your high expectations. I know you have high ex- expectations internally. What is going to need to happen? What do you guys need to do to, to sort of continue to play well and continue to pile up wins? Yeah, we just got we just got to keep getting better, man. We gotta um, we gotta focus on ourselves, you know. Um, whatever the game plan is, we got we got to be locked in, you know. We always say um, today we had a Tuesday practice, um, you know. We we win our game Saturday on Tuesday. We we don't win it on Saturday, so you know, just taking it day by day, taking it week by week, and just trying to improve. You know, we're still trying to play our best game. Um, I don't think we've played our best game, um, and I know my teammates would second that and the coaches, so. Um, just trying to get better and, you know, preparing preparing our butts off, man. Braxton Hill, Grizz Star of the Week. Keep enjoying it, man. Really proud of you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, man. Take care. There you go. Grizz Star of the Week presented by Ryan and Miller Law. We're late. We got some baseball coming right at you. MLB action right here on ESPN Radio. Don't change the channel. We'll see you tomorrow on Nuanas Now. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on and it was really surreal it was a cool moment cool experience for sure uh, that's so cool you guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you but when people are looking up to you like they do I mean they think I mean you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana what's yeah. that like being a Montana kid um it's different for sure um you know growing up you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that but um you know it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids lives um You know, I just wanted to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.